Thanks for checking out this preview of the Over and Above News podcast, episode 9. Be sure to check out the full episode at overandabovenews.com. And I'm going to start it with a question that I posed to you pre-show, Michael. I'm going to pose it again on this show. And that is this. What makes a person unfit to be president of the United States? We've heard that a lot recently, right? From both sides, I think. You know, we, we've heard the lock them up chants from the from the from the Trumpers, mm-hmm. and we've heard the well, we've heard the current sitting president of the United States say say those words that he's unfit, that Donald Trump is unfit for the office, and Hillary Clinton has said it too, and temperamentally uh, unfit. Temperamentally is her, unfit is her buzzword. Yeah, right. I don't know. I mean. I take a little bit of issue with that just from the sense of just, just being a an attorney and a lover of con law. Not all attorneys are, by the way. So, like, people think of law school. It's like, oh, they must study the Constitution. Not really. <laughs> Most – actually, a lot of law schools, I don't think it's even a required course, con law. And constitutional law is not uh, – it might be tested on the bar exam now, but it's, it's certainly not a, a huge topic. You look at other topics like property law, some of the antique subjects of law, like property law and civil procedure. Those are the ones that are tested. And con law is kind of like this esoteric thing that doesn't really get brushed on too much. I get the impression they're like glorified historians. They kind of are. Or like independently wealthy people who want to be (laughs) constitutional lawyers so that they can, you know, just talk about the Supreme Court all day. I mean, it's fascinating stuff. But like when you look at the practice of law, it never gets used. But but I'm a nerd in that in that regard. I loved my con law class. So when when I hear someone say, well, he's unfit to be president. Well, okay, then that must mean he's not he must not fit the three requirements, (laughs) which is that he's a natural he or she is a naturally born citizen, that they're 35 years of age. And that they are that they have lived in the United States for fourteen years. Nothing about temperament. Nothing about temperament. There's nothing. We've had real. We have. We've had some hot-headed presidents in the past. We've had some real duds of a president in the past too. I mean, you think of like Jimmy Carter. Think of the last Law and Order president. The last Law and Order president, of course, being Richard Milhouse <laughs> Nixon. <laughs> like some of these people it's just like yeah what does it mean to be temperamentally unfit for the presidency i'm I'm not sure what that means it means nothing and i'll tell you what it means what it means is this it means that anything that that person says by virtue of just coming from them is unfit it's invalid it is with a single word it invalidates anything said by your competition and therefore neutralizes the debate it doesn't need to be had there doesn't need to be a debate let me put it another way both of these candidates want this election to feel binary you might as well just put colored levers in the booth red and blue what's your favorite color both parties are doing this it used to be you know mike you and i had an interesting discussion about this that like depending on the issue year to year 
one side or the other would kind of indulge in this a little bit. I know you you mentioned abortion. That's a great example. People on the left might say, well, how can they even entertain this view? You know, in this day and age, it offended their sensibilities as progressives to the core. Right. In this day and age, I won't even hear the argument. Right. Of course, abortion in a very special way is, is an impasse, right? The, the, the premises for the argumentation, namely the personhood of the fetus, or it's a binary exclusion. They're, they're mutually exclusive premises. They're incompatible, inc- incommensurate. There, there is no terminus to that debate. So that's why they ended up there. Kind of the same with war and defense spending on the right. You know, we're not going to hear anything about peace and love and harmony. Sure, that's an ideal in the high, you know, ivory tower that you liberals live in. But in our world of <laughs> grit and terror and, and fear, you know, there's an enemy out there. and We're not going to hear anything to the contrary. That's definitely been the right's champion of that sort of demonizing. You're right. So on both sides there. But it's been an issue to issue thing. You know, when you reach an impasse, when you reach a point where in that specific debate, abortion, defense spending or war, mm-hmm. uh, you know, both sides have mutually exclusive premises to which they're arguing so not only do their conclusions disagree but they're not starting from the same premises so the the arguments run along parallel lines they never intersect right there is no possibility for debate so you might as well just demonize the other side i'm not going to hear about it in this day and age or i'm not going to hear about it in this world that we live in those are the two that were said you're absurd i'm not i'm right right right. i'm not even going to waste my time addressing it and boom debate's done there's no point in going any further. I don't think we've ever seen it leveled against the entire person of the opposite candidate making any kind of debate or agreement. It'll be interesting to see what the debates are like. How is it not going to be them standing up there just going, he's unfit, she's unfit, he's unfit, she's unfit, he's unfit, she's unfit. <laughs> yeah, right? Over and over and over again because that's what they've come to. It is. And you're right. It, it is a tactic that has been used, I suppose, throughout history. It's, this isn't completely new. It is new, however, to, to just label someone as unfit for the presidency. I mean, what does that mean? And what does that say about you? Or what does that say about the country then? What, what are you setting us up for if you say right. that? As the sitting, this is why I take issue with, with President Obama saying that. Not because I don't agree with him that I don't, though. I don't agree that he's that, that Trump is unfit. I don't agree that Hillary Clinton is unfit. Right. I agree that they're – I would agree that they're both poor choices for the office, that I think they both hold um, certain ideas and certain temperaments, the two of them, not any one, mm. the two of them, temperament, that might not be ideal for the office. I think Hillary is aloof and um, consider her, considers herself above the law. Mm-hmm. And I think Donald Trump has has a temperament of a child. I'm, going to, I'm not going to disagree. I, I'm I'm not. Hey, I mean that's what you think, and I think a lot of people would agree with you. But I, <laughs> since when did elections become about temperament? Well, right. You know, like you said, we've had hot-headed presidents. We've had aloof presidents. I mean, geez, LBJ walked around the White House talking about his penis. That's right. Look it up. He really did. He, he did called it jumbo. He bought special pants. Yep. He made foreign dignitaries look at the thing. I mean, that is like you know, that's probably why he was one of the few presidents who was unseated <laughs> after getting in there just because the other guy got shot i mean all due respect to jfk but i mean you know this was a weird guy and the and the gears of the nation kept turning like That's nothing right. stopped and crashed went right. crazy because his temperament was strange well it's and, uh, and i want to go back to 
the point that I was making was that I take issue with someone labeling this, especially someone who's not in the race, because right. it makes sense for Hillary Clinton to to say that he's unfit, and vice versa, right? Because it the, the sure. what it does is it demonizes and it and, and it creates an image of the other person that well. His or her arguments are ridiculous, right. shouldn't be listened to. You have to vote sure. for me then, right? Makes sense as in it's an makes understandable that, motive. That like makes sense. Right. Yeah. What right. I worry about a sitting president saying this, and I can understand why he's doing it, is because he, he believes truthfully and honestly that Donald Trump would be bad for the nation. So he wants to do everything he can to get voters to vote otherwise. But what happens if he wins? And now right. you have a sitting president or a, a former president saying that this person is unfit for the office and now he's right. in it. There's right. no there's no changing that now unless he does something that's impeachable and maybe he can be removed, I don't know. What kind of atmosphere does that create and and what right. kind of right? I mean, it's That's an excellent point. It, I don't think it's helpful. And it, it maybe it's helpful to get to, to to get voters to to maybe not vote for this person. Mm-hmm. I don't know how successful Barack Obama is going to be to get people not to vote for Donald Trump, right? I mean, don't you think that anyone who's who's on the fence are they re- is their mind really going to be made up by by Barack Obama? I think so. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. I think I think he speaks to a large portion of the center just as effectively as he speaks to the left. Because say what you will, at the end of the day, there's a certain respect for the office. The man's a president. There is right. That's, and is. that's what, you know, to your point, that's what I think is so upsetting about a sitting president saying of a presidential candidate that they are unfit for office because it, it in a way sort of insults the office if they get in there. I mean, what happens, it, take what the, happens if he wins, right? I mean, what? Yeah, I, you know, you can't <sighs> even think about it. You know, I, I heard that bookmakers were putting the odds at, at like three and ten, which was comparable to what they were putting Brexit. Oh boy! So, <laughs> look so, out! So yeah, so uh, look out for that. But uh, I, I guess what I find most upsetting about, to your point, about a sitting president doing it, is that it, it shows just how pervasive this view is, and how naturally we're all following into this atmosphere. And when I was thinking about this pre-show, I don't know why, but it reminded me of like Middle Eastern politics, where you have, mm-hmm. you know, Sunni and Shia Muslim, right? who are vying against one another for control of areas and both think that by nature the other is unfit. Or look at Darfur or all the the areas where genocide is prevalent in Africa, where these people think, oh, that that party. Now, granted, these are usually ethnic groups or religious groups, but it's still the same kind of ideology that that person is by their nature unfit because of the views that they hold or the background they have or where they come from. And I'm afraid that what we're seeing is the sowing of the seeds of that type of reasoning into the American political rhetoric so that there's a class of human beings in the United States that are Democrat or Republican. And by virtue of them being those things, they are unfit for office. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. I think that's the next logical step. It is the next logical step. Yeah. And that's terrifying because that's how you get people strapping bombs to themselves and going into coffee houses. That's how you get people, you know, doing crazy things because of this constant atmosphere of, oh, it's the end of the world because Donald Trump is now sitting in that chair. Or, oh, it's the end of the world because Hillary Clinton is now in the office. Not only is it upsetting that we're not, that we're ignoring the issues. You know, I think you and I both have issues 
with one or the other candidate that we agree with and one or the other candidate that we disagree with. And the fact that that's not being addressed is a detriment to the American public. But the greater detriment is what it's teaching young voters, young people, impressionable people, and just everyone's sort of latent subconscious understanding of elections in general that, you know, once something like this seeps in, it's really hard to get out. 